Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, folks. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me again today on the Word Podcast. We're uh, examining the synoptic gospels, really all four gospels. The synoptics are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And that word simply means that they have a common view, a common vision of what occurred within the life of Jesus. A lot of parallel accounts. But each one gives nuances and gives details and gives information that the other ones may not have. So we're actually coming out of John. We've got one more chapter to study in the Gospel of John. But I did want us to see in... uh, what happened with the resurrection? What happened when Jesus was killed, when he was crucified? Uh, particularly the, uh, after that, what happened? And the details that we see in these Gospels. So we're in the Gospel of Mark today, the 16th chapter of Mark, which is an interesting chapter. Uh, we're going to look at the first part of it, hopefully. Uh, the reason it's really interesting is because the last part of this chapter is rarely, if ever, preached. Rarely, if ever, taught. And uh, there's reasons for that, which we'll get into another time. And I don't think that they're adequate reasons. I think that they, uh, uh, that we miss a lot because of that. So in Mark chapter 16, verse 1, it begins with this. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so they might come and anoint him. And so every one of the Gospels give uh, the timing element of when the ladies come to the tomb and when they find the tomb empty. Verse 2, very early on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. The other Gospels say that they come in the dark. So is this an inconsistency? No, no, no. They came uh, while it was still dark. Okay, it was early in the morning, just prior to sunrise, as one of the uh, scriptures say. And so this is consistent with that. They come, the sun is coming up. Verse 3, they were saying one to another, who will roll the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? Verse 4, looking up, they saw that the stone had rolled away, although it was extremely large. Uh In Matthew, we saw that the stone was rolled away at the behest of the angel and that an earthquake had been there, an earthquake had been caused. Well, there was an earthquake when Jesus died on the cross. Remember that? The stones broke forth and the earth shook and the the veil in the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. So with earthquakes, you always have aftershocks and things like that. And so the stone was rolled away. An angel had been there, as we saw in um, Matthew. Here, verse 5 tells us, Entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting at the right wearing a white robe, and they were amazed. Now, one of the other Gospels says that there were two angels in the tomb, one at the head of where uh, Jesus had been laid and one at the feet where the body had been. So quite often, again, people point and say, well, one says two and one says one. Well, that's not inconsistent in any way. Mark is just pointing out that there was a young man sitting at the right. didn't say anything about the left. But he's talking about a young man. We know from the other Gospels it was an angel. Here's a young man wearing a robe, and they are amazed. They're amazed. What are they amazed about? Well, to start with, I suspect that they're amazed because the young man is not Jesus. Okay? They had come into the tomb, and what had they expected to find? 
Well, it's startling to find that the stone is rolled away farther, but they were going to prepare a body. They were going to put these uh, uh, spices in the body. Now, the, it had already been prepared by Joseph Arimathea and Nicodemus. They had done some things, but the women were going to continue. And here the tomb is open. They go in. Rather than finding a dead body, they find a young man sitting in the right, and he's in a white robe, and it's described as dazzling white in the other scriptures. Okay? So they're amazed, verse 6. And he said to them, Do not be amazed. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who has been crucified. So he gets cuts to the chase. And he declares, this is what's happening. This is what's going on. He has risen. He is not here. Behold, here is the place where they laid him. And so <laughs> just giving a little escort right here. Uh, okay, here's where he was laid right here. But he's not here anymore. He is risen. Then verse 7. But go, tell his disciples and Peter. Now, something interesting about that. Isn't Peter one of the disciples? Oh, yeah, Peter's one of the disciples. Why did the angel say, go tell his disciples and Peter? Was Peter no longer a disciple because of what Peter had done in rejecting the Lord three times? No, that's not what he's saying. It could sort of nearly be inferred right here, and perhaps they received it that way uh, because by now they would have known that Peter had denied the Lord three times. Remember the Lord told Peter that in the, what, at the end of John chapter 13? Peter says, I will die for you. And Jesus says, ah, you know, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. And he did. And Peter left weeping bitterly. But now this angel says, you go tell the disciples and Peter. In other words, don't leave Peter out of this. That Jesus, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So he had told them that he was going to rise from the dead. He now told them, go to Galilee and you will see me. Now what they didn't know is that, that some of them would wind up seeing him before they actually see him in Galilee. He would make some appearances. But the angel is saying, tell them to go and meet him there. Then verse 8, the last verse we're going to look at today. They went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had gripped them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Well, is this inconsistent with what we're seeing <coughs> in the scriptures, you know? Because what are they told? They're told to go and tell the disciples. They come out, they're trembling, they're astonished, they're terrified, they're gripped with fear. They don't tell anyone because of this fear. And, you know, a lot of uh, people believe that the book of Mark ends right here that it ends right here with them being fear. Because what we're going to see in the next episode is that verses 9 through 20, and when you look at your Bible, you'll find that it's either in italics in some things. I think the NIV does, and I'm not sure it puts it in italics. Uh, they'll put it in a bracket. That's what the New American Standard does. There'll be copious footnotes across the bottom saying that some uh, uh, of the, uh, trans some of the uh, copies that we have, that's the best way to put it, I guess, are some of the extant copies. Uh, don't have this portion of the scripture, but I'll, they don't say that a lot of them do because people are very, very nervous about this portion of the scripture, verses 9 through 20. So they'll say, well, it probably just ends right here. But I don't believe that. I believe it goes all the way through uh, to verse 20. They were trembling. They were astonished. They were nervous. They were worried. Most of them probably didn't go and tell the disciples, but we know from the other scripture 
that Mary Magdalene did. Okay, that she did, that she went forth and told them the encounter and what had happened with them. And so, as I said in the last episode, you know, the Lord gives us tremendous uh, detail and information about what occurred that night, but there are some things that he doesn't give us. And one of the things that he doesn't give us is a real clear, uh, cut to the chase, concise chronology of what occurred. He doesn't give a chronology of when all these events actually happened. Was this one before this one? Is this one after this one? And so there's actually quite a number of ways to look at the flow of this. And we still do not know exactly how these things happen. That's okay. If we needed to know the exact chronology of it, the Lord would have provided for us. What he did provide for us is the exact information and the exact things that did happen. And you know what? That, that needs to be enough. Too often we as believers get sidetracked by wanting to know more than what God told us and we don't receive what he did tell us or we're not studying or we're not learning like his word, what he did tell us. And we make mistakes when we do that. So anyway, y'all take this, uh, go read Mark, the first part of Mark, and then we'll pick up the next time, okay? Thank you again. I'll see you later.